Blog Talk Radio. March, 
it's this is the biggest bas this is the biggest month in college basketball right now. And let's start off, Greg. What does this month mean to you? Since you're you're so immersed in the basketball, especially in the college basketball, what does this month mean to you? Well, I, you know, Jovan, I think also you're correct. It is the biggest month without a doubt, but I think it's the biggest month in pro basketball uh, as well. It's after the All-Star game. All the trades are done. Uh, you're going to see some people go completely out of the playoff picture. You're going to see some fighting for the playoffs. So I think it's a big month for both, but this could be the biggest month for college basketball in quite some time because this NCAA tournament championship is wide open. Uh, I think the Gonzaga Bulldogs finally are going to get to the Final Four, though. I just have that feeling. I said it in October. I think it's going to happen that way, but it's going to be great because anybody can flip in there, and I don't even want to count out a team that's in your A-10 league, uh, VCU. They played some great basketball this year. Who knows what Shaka Smart, who I think is the best coach in college basketball right now, hands down. He might get those guys back to the Final Four again. I agree. You you brought you brought up VCU. They, they, they are a very tough team. And what a lot of people don't know is VCU blew out Butler this past weekend. So that's a big accomplishment for Shaka Smart to take down Brad Stevens. Even if, even though with FBC, that's still a big win for VCU in, in terms of conference wise. I'm more and I'm the thing that has me so interested about this month. And as you said, the NCAA tournament is going to be wide open. Is the conference tournaments this year? I think the conference tournaments are going to be ridiculously crazy. Because there are so many teams on the bubble, and there's a lot of conferences that if a team that supposedly don't win their conference doesn't win their tournament, that could shake up a lot of things. So I think it's going to be very interesting to watch these conference tournaments. Hey, well, I would agree. I'm, Go ahead, Daryl. I'd like your opinion on that. You know, I really wish March Madness started Tuesday. The way these games have been played over the last few months is just so exciting. I know Gonzaga is actually fighting to get the number one spot. I just have a chance to be number one, but it's it's been crazy. This is definitely March Madness at its best, and you know players have to fight in order to get to that number one spot. Or the Final Four would be the best thing uh, as well. But I I'm ready. Uh, March Madness is a great month for uh, college basketball, and I'm ready to see who uh, brings it home. Uh, it's been an exciting road to see some of these players, these young players, go ahead and put their stuff out there and win games for their teams. Well, guys, I think there's another part to this, too, is uh, how about all the coaching changes that are going to come up? I mean, you might see more this year than ever because there's so much on the line, so much pressure to win, so much money involved, and you could see mass changes this year uh, without question, and maybe more than any other year ever because there's such a disparity with, with these bottom teams and then the top teams, it's like somebody drew a line through almost every league, which usually is, is not the common thing. Now, we're going to have a great NCAA champion because that's wide open, but there are so many bottom feeders that there's never been before in the history of college basketball, teams with awful records. Yeah, that's, and, that, and that's another thing. That's a good point you brought up, Greg. There are a lot of bottom feeders this year. 
way more than it has been in any past year. And that, and that makes a concern when you're looking at the NCAA tournament, how the selection committee is going to pick that. And then even when they pick for the NIT, like, we're probably not going to have a lot of bad teams in the NCAA, but we're probably going to have a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament that might get in and have more than 10 losses that might get in. And then the NIT, it might be so watered down this year that it's scary to think about. Yeah, no question, Gerald. Do you agree with that? I think you're right, Jovan. I think that's another good point is it could be watered down. And I think also, uh, Daryl, that, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know whether there's even going to be any interest in the CBI, CIT, NABA 2016 or whatever. I don't know what they are anymore. <laughs> I would have to agree with Giovanni. A lot of these teams, uh, well, the comp- I'm sorry, the, um, the tournaments will be uh, watered down for those teams who haven't um, made any decision to make the cut into the uh, NCAA tournament. So uh, it'll be exciting to see what teams are uh, selected since they are at the, the feeder teams and not at the bottom. No doubt about it. All right. Where's, where's that crispy Haynes at tonight, Jovan? He's usually on time. I know. I don't I don't know where Chris is at. Hopefully he calls in soon. But if anybody that's listening in, definitely if you want to call in and talk about talk about college basketball, NBA, we talk about everything in the basketball world, even the NBD, NBA Deve- Development League, if you want to go there as well, you can call in at 347 215 8531. That is 347-215-8531 if you want to call in and share your thoughts about anything that you got on your mind about basketball, college, NBA, anything. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, before we reach Chris, and I know he'll be calling in pretty soon, what do you guys think of St. Mary's? Uh, that was a heavy-duty penalty they put on a, you know, I don't like the term mid-major, but they still use it. For a mid-major to get that kind of penalty, they really socked it to them. Oh, yeah. I, when I read that article, I read that article when it like 11 o'clock on Friday morning, Eastern time, and it was, and I couldn't believe it that they're doing this to this program that has been probably one of the, the quote-unquote best mid-majors in, in, over in the West Coast and in the country, and they get nailed with this hammer. That has, that has to suck. When you think about it, and hopefully you know that changes because that's going to leave a big imprint on. Because I want, I want, I wonder how that's going to play in the West Coast Conference tournament that's about to start on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. How is that going to play out? So I think this definitely has. This could do something to St. Mary's. This sad to say. Well, you know what? I actually think it's going to change the way. Uh... They got hit with uh, recruiting uh, four of our recruiting violations, but it actually might change the way uh, the NCAA uh, will have uh, these basketball teams recruit for players. Uh, I think it's just too harsh for you know as a college team you want to pick the best players, but for the for them to come out and hit them with a big penalty, it might actually hurt them and uh, another team in that position. Yeah. And I think the, one of the biggest things in there is loss of scholarships. Uh, that does come back to bite a team. And, and Randy Bennett not being allowed to go off campus 
to recruit. That's huge. Yeah. That's really huge. And joining us on the line right now is CSNNW.com, NBA writer, NBA beat writer for the Portland Trailblazers. Joining us, he's back again on the show, everybody, Chris B. Haynes. What's going on, guys? Hey, Chris, how are you? Man, I'm hanging in there just trying to enjoy, enjoy um, this rare day off with the family and uh, decided to give you guys a call see what you guys are up to. Well, you know, i got to work with these college punks, Chris, and then listen to you. It's painful, but uh, we're going to proceed for the next few minutes. And, Chris, I wanted to ask you, and, of course, uh, we just said you last joined us, we've added a third person. This is bigger than Monday Night Football because we now got Daryl Simmons. He claims he's going to college down in Orangeburg, South Carolina, but we have yet to verify that. But, Chris, uh, Brandon Roy was in town last night. You did it once again. You whipped everybody in getting the story. You did a great job at CSNNW.com. Do you get the sense that he's just not ready to give it up yet and he thinks he can still play even though he probably won't? Yeah, I spoke to him a little bit, uh, you know, after the after the game last night. Um I was under the impression that uh, he was going to give it one last go. Uh, he wanted to get back on that court. Uh, I think uh, I think he will get on the court. I don't know if he'll play um, two games, three games, or whatever the case may be. But he he just has a goal of getting back on the court, uh, and so I think that's what he's going to do. Um, he's committed to um, giving it a shot this season. That's what he wanted to do all along. And he had a couple of setbacks this year that kind of derailed that progress. But uh, you know he's on a mission to get you know to get some action in before the season's over with. I really can't see him playing past this season. Uh, I think there's just too many obstacles. I think uh, he'll either be dealt if he uh, chooses to hang on, and uh, I just don't think I just don't think it's realistic to think that Brandon is going to play past the season. But this season he's trying to give it a go and. I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for him. This is something he wants to accomplish. So uh, he's a great person, great human being. So, you know, he he has my support. Chris, uh, I've got a follow-up question for you. I'm going to expand a little bit before I throw it to Jovan and Daryl. But, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of athletes really taking care of themselves right now. Uh, The money's so big to play a long time and everything. And, of course, they're, they're taking on my eating habits which you know how properly I eat all the time. But um, do you see guys playing a lot longer nowadays, you know, maybe five to seven years longer than we're used to the normal, about 38 when they seem to hang it up? Yeah, I do see that. Uh, Part of that is because of nutrition. Um, Players are educated um, now at an early age about the right foods, the you know, the drinks and, you know, keep yourself hydrated. And uh, so, uh, you know, I don't think that's something you had, you know, in the mid-90s or, uh, or the 80s or even going back before that. It's just the awareness of how, uh, you know, a proper diet uh, can prolong your career. Uh, people are abreast of that in today's in our society today. So, yes, I do think uh, that's the case. You look at a guy like LeBron James, um, they say he's been, you know, he's had the right diet ever since he stepped into the league. 
And so, you know, I, I think that's huge of him. And it's just not LeBron. It's a lot of people out, out there doing doing that same thing and make sure that, you know, they keep in, they keep in track of every little thing that goes into their body because their body is their temple. And they want to make sure their temple is upheld uh, for the longest amount of time that it can be. And so, yes, there's no doubt about it because Chan thinks guys are going to play longer, um, um, you know, play longer in the league. And, um, and it's good. But, you know, you know, I think that's the – I think – and that has been going around, not just in the sports world, but in society as well. And I think people are more aware of, you know, uh, that their bad eating habits or whatnot. And so I, I think it's a good thing to, to know about. And it's important. And it's something that I know about personally, and um, I, I need to strive um, to eat better and, you know, put the right things in my body as well. We're speaking with the great Chris B. Haynes, who covers the Portland Trailblazers. For Comcast Sportsnet and CSNNW.com, Jovan, go ahead. All right, Chris. Remember the last time you were on here, we talked. We, the NBA season was just was just about to get underway. We were talking about Damian Lillard and Myers Leonard. Well, looking back at this point, looking back from our last show we was on, what have you thought about? What do you think about Lillard and uh and Leonard, Myers Leonard and Damian Lillard's game as they progress through this season? Well, there's, there's pretty much, you know, there's not pretty much, there's not an update on Damian Lillard. You know, I feel the same way I felt about him. You know, pretty much from you know day one, I thought the kid was uh, going to be a superstar in this league one day. And uh, you know, if he keeps following the same protocol, the right steps, uh, he's going to reach that level. Uh, as far as Myers Leonard, um, he's a guy that's had an up and down season. Uh, he's been playing very well in the last week and a half. I mean, last week and a half of the season, and um, you know, he's just been playing with a, a extreme amount of confidence out there. Um, you know, he's running the court, he's having some athletic dunks, he's getting the crowd hype, uh, and he's standing out of foul trouble. And so, his, his progression has been kind of slow. You know, he had an ankle injury that kind of derailed his progress as well, but. Um, the, the way he's been playing over the last couple of weeks has just been downright impressive. And uh, I, I think there's no doubt about it that when the Blazers had their two first-round picks, uh, that they selected the two right guys for this organization. Definitely. I definitely agree with I definitely agree with you on that point. Now, following up about Damian Lillard and, um, and Myers-Leonard, what have you thought about the Blazers this season, especially where they're at? They're not too far out of the playoffs, actually. They're sitting, like, in that range. It, do you think it's possible that they can make a playoff push in this for this season, or is it just you see what you'll get if they, if they make the playoffs is good, but we're not putting much bank into it? I, personally, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, yes, they're right in it, but uh, this team, you know, they, they, they have they they're a couple of chips short away from being a uh, playoff contending team. Uh, you know, I think uh, what they've done earlier in the year uh, got off to that you know amazing great start, and uh, you know I think they got people's hopes up, even got you know media's hopes up, and the thinking that they were. Uh, something more than what they actually are. What they actually are is just an inexperienced team. And what happens when you have an inexperienced team is that one day you can walk out there and beat the Lakers and beat the Miami Heat, and then the next day you can go out there and you know and 
and lose to some, you know, New Orleans Hornets or lose to your Orlando Magic or the Washington Wizards. And that's exactly what the Blazers have done this year. And as of right now, I think uh, they are what, what you know, I think they are what they are right now. And they are about three and a half um, games out of the, you know, out of the playoff picture. And um, I think right, right, right there, that's probably, you know, that's probably where they should be right now. I, I think they're a couple of chips short. I think they're probably a summer away uh, from really and uh, there, 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 there's nothing to be, there's nothing to be sad about if you're a Blazer fan because uh, this is what we expected. As of right now, they're going the course, the course that General Manager Nilo Shea had, Nilo Shea had planned for this team and designed for this team. So the course is going on a schedule, and um, I expect the Blazers to be major players in the summer. I expect them to be a, a, a definitely a threat um, come playoff time next year. Hey, Chris, I'm going to turn it over to Daryl here in just a second, and Jovan, while I leave to catch my limo out front. But uh, I wanted to ask you on a serious note, you and I joke around a lot about we're good friends. We have a great time working at CSNNW.com. But you always give great advice about being a journalist. And we have, you know, uh, Jovan and, and Daryl are just starting in their careers. They're still in school. They're going to be great citizens uh, from here on out. But what kind of advice do you give to people? Because you worked so hard. You sacrificed a lot. And your work ethic is unbelievable. And what what would you tell people about as they start their careers moving out of school? Well, I think the number one thing, uh, this is for journalism, this is for, you know, whatever field, of your desire to pursue um, networking is always is is number one is key. Um, you have to be uh, be aware of the type of people you need to get in contact with. Uh, make sure you establish relationships, keep in touch, and number two is the work ethic. You have to stay on top of your game as far as uh, you know. If you're a journalist, if you're a beat reporter, you know, try to stay as crisp as possible in your profession, your field. Strive to get better, you know. Always just strive to get better, and and it, it goes back. That goes back to the networking part, where um, if you got the right people aligned, you know, in your circle, or or a little bit outside your circle, then you know, eventually somebody will take notice and see, hey, this this, this kid, you know, he he's serious. You know, this kid is about something. You know, let me let me give him a, a, a little bit of a look. And so I've been blessed and fortunate to have people in my circle or a little bit outside my circle that saw some potential in me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination, but they saw potential in me and they took a chance. And when you get that opportunity, when you get that chance, you want to make sure, uh, you want to make sure that you do all you can. So you can keep, um, you know, you can keep having those opportunities. And that, that's just the situation I put myself in. So I think it's necessary. You always, to have a you know impeccable work ethic and network, 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 and you know your image and how you're perceived to people is really important. So you always want to you always want to make sure that hey man you know even people that's not even people that's not necessarily in your field you don't want to offend anybody. You always want to keep a, an impeccable image because um, you never know who else who, who somebody else might know. You know, so it, you know it's just always image, networking, working hard. Three keys right there. 
tremendously well said. Go ahead, Daryl. I know you have a question for Chris B. Haynes. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers beat writer and covers the NBA for CSNNW.com and Comcast Sportsnet. Hey, Chris, it's a pleasure speaking with you uh, this evening. My question for you is, uh, with the Miami Heat being at a 14-game winning streak, do you think there's any team in the NBA that can beat them? No, I really don't. You know, they were my team, you know, from the get-go. Uh, you look at, you know, you look at how they're playing and how they're winning games, and they did kind of change the game. It used to be in order to win a title, you had to have that dominant big man down in the block. But the way Miami's doing it, they, they're doing it with small balls, especially towards the end of the games where they're closing with Chris Bosh at center, and then they got Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. And, you know, they, they they can put Shane Battier in there. And, you know, they, they just got they, – they, they play a small ball. And teams don't have – you know, other teams don't have a lineup like that that can match that. You know, they can put a similar lineup out there on the floor, but that talent that Le, uh, the Miami puts at the end of the game is just – it's just unheard of, you know. So I really do not see any team that can really match up with these guys. And you, you, you look at the fact that how they won their championship last year, they got that monkey off their back, LeBron, is just playing on a whole another level. You know, I, I'm, I'm the type of guy that I never will say anybody's better than Michael Jordan. But I really can't really remember anybody having a year like what LeBron is having right now, shooting so high from from the field. That is pure dominance, man. And, you know, people always want to talk about scores. They talk about, you know, bring up the Allen Iversons and, you know, the Dominique Wilkins and guys like that. There's no doubt those guys like that, they were scores. But, man, I'm telling you, it, it takes a special player to almost average 30 points a game, shooting 54, 55% from the field. 55, that, that means you're making more than half your shot, the shots you take. That, that's just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, he's playing at a special level. It might mean he, you know, I, I just really don't think there's anybody that can take him. Um, before the year started, I had the Lakers in the Miami, in Miami in the finals. Uh, I can cancel that out now. I got Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is the closest matchup that can probably give them a test. But still, man, I don't see nobody steamrolling Miami. This is the East West Hoop Soup here on Blog Talk Radio. This we are with NBA writer and beat writer for the Portland Trailblazers, Chris B. Haynes. Who is who writes for CSNNW.com. dot com? Um, Daryl, if you have another question for Chris, you can you can give it to him. No, I don't. Okay, um, Chris. Uh, remember we talked about the talked about the Sixers earlier in the in our past show. What in the world do you think? What What is your thoughts about this team over here? Because in, in Philadelphia, we. Me and Daryl, we hear it all the time about the Sixers. What is your thoughts and opinions on the Sixers? You know, I, I don't. You know, I haven't been following them much. Uh, you know, I heard the latest news on Andrew Bynum. It sounds like he may have a uh, another surgery, had a little another setback, and uh, that's unfortunate uh, because I think um, with with him down there, in, particularly in the East. I think Philadelphia was going to be able to do some damage um, over there. And so uh, you never know. I don't know how serious that situation is with Andrew Bynum. It sounds like, it, you know, just just hearing all the things, it sounds like it's pretty similar to what we were experiencing here with Greg Oden here in Portland. You know, so, uh, it, you know, 
Uh, hopefully Kia can um, get back in, in timely fashion and get back to the form he was at because there was no doubt about it, he had some unlimited potential. And, you know, a lot of people consider him, you know, if he was on top of his game, consider him to be the best center in the NBA, you know, over Dwight Howard. So uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for him, hoping that um, everything works out But because uh, I know um, the future of Philadelphia, especially their immediate success, was going to be dependent on if Andrew Bynum was playing or not. And so far as of right now, he's not playing. So I think um, that has a lot to do with how things are going in Philly right now. Yeah, definitely. Sixers, if you didn't know anybody, Sixers lost to the Wizards tonight, 90-87. John Wall hit the game winner with less than 12 seconds left on the game clock. We have about 90 seconds left in the show. And, Chris, since you were a college basketball player, and since you write about the NBA and you write about basketball, you know basketball. What does the month? Of, we asked Greg this question earlier. What does the month of March mean for you in terms of basketball, especially because you was a college basketball player? Yeah, well, month of March is all about me getting familiar, me personally getting familiar with the talent that's out there. I don't, I don't have a, you know, I don't get the chance like you know, Mr. Crawford to to check out a lot of college basketball games, and so I hear a little bit just you know about certain players. But March Madness is when you really start to get a feel for, you know, who who really are the, the elite teams and who are, you know, who is really the elite players out there. And, you know, a lot of people base their drafts, base their mock drafts off of March. And so that's when I really start to get to look at. So with the Blazers right now looking like they're going to be out of the playoff picture, um, you know, it's the time for me right now to really step my game up and get familiar with the talent that's out there. So me, it's all, you know, me and March, the month of March, um, it's all about, figure, you know, finding out, who those top 15 guys are, and all these, you know, mock drafts is going out, going on right now. Just get familiar with them and uh, trying to see which players fit the best, you know, fit the best, uh, will possibly fit the best with this Portland Trailblazers squad. So, you know, it's, it's all about matching, matching players up with the Blazers right now for me. Definitely, and and, that's, and 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 we can't wait to see what the month of March has in store for the NBA and college basketball. And that is the end of the East West Hoop Soup. Show here on Block Talk Radio. We would like to thank Greg for coming on, and Daryl always. Them two guys always coming on, and also thank Crispy Haynes for coming on as well. You can always check out his work on CSNNW.com for Portland and NBA stuff as well. But guys, will be back here next week, same time, same place. This is Joe Van for everybody. Be safe and have a fun week, and we'll talk to you next week.